Sometimes life can feel like one big project, constantly trying to put the pieces together. What if I told you it's okay to be a mess? Life is a journey and we must transform ourselves into who we want to become. We start by knowing who we are and with the relentless pursuits of our passion and purpose. How did I do it? With a lot of help from my friends. And we'll talk about all of that right here on The Beautiful Butterfly Project. Adele Brimage is a transformational internal wealth coach and is the founder of AdeleBrimage.com and Adele Brimage Business and Lifestyle Retreats. Adele is a multi-award-winning internal wealth coach, writer, and global inspirational speaker with over 25 years of experience. Adele helps women and men who are heart-centered to take charge of their life, discover their own power, inner wisdom, and strength. Adele creates a space where women can see how incredibly wonderful they truly are. She helps them to let go of any blocks and barriers like guilt, self-doubt, and limiting beliefs so they can create a self-image and internal love for themselves, which as a result produces internal confidence and external wealth. Adele helps her clients receive the gift of loving themselves instead of hiding and enables them to develop a deep appreciation for who they really are, get their mojo back, and put their desires and wants first in a loving way that allows others to do the same, helps them find their boundaries, leave the past in the past, and do their life totally on their own terms. Adele also gives her clients the tools to support them in creating the internal wealth and mindset that sets them up for sustainable results in all areas of their life or business. Dare to dream and to dream bigger. The Beautiful Butterfly Project welcomes Adele Vermage to the show. Welcome, Adele. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. It's an absolutely beautiful day here in the UK. So sunshine always makes me feel brighter. So I've had a, an absolutely lovely day. Oh, I'm so, so envious. The sunshine is shining over the UK and here in Atlanta, Georgia, it has been storming all day. So I am truly envious of the great weather that you all are having. Yeah, it's it's not normally like that where I live. It's normally raining. <laughs> so I'm feeling blessed today. That's amazing. And so I just gave the audience who I call the Butterfly Nation an introduction. But would you please tell them exactly who you are? Well, my title is Transformational Internal Wealth Coach. But what does that actually mean? Well, when you mention wealth, most people think you're talking about money. Yeah. But the kind of wealth I'm talking about is internal. It's about you valuing yourself, you knowing you're enough, loving yourself, um, being confident, um, being in this world and knowing who you are and what you contribute, not letting anything get in your way letting go of anything that gets you in your way, learning to forgive yourself and others. I guess that's what internal wealth is to me. And that's what I help my clients and all the women that I speak to 
It wasn't always that way for me, Nicole, as you well know. Many years ago, my story was very, very different. And it wasn't until I realized that actually my life is in my hands that I started to create a different outcome for myself. You know, that's really amazing. And it's so good to hear that you focus on wealth, internal wealth, because as you mentioned, there's so much emphasis placed on money and placed on things, especially within the society that we currently live in. And to totally be transparent to the Butterfly Nation, I met you a handful of years ago when I put out a call for writers for my blog that I was just starting. And I was so honored that you answered the call to write for my itty bitty blog. And you did such an amazing job that I wanted to stay in touch with you via social media. And that's how we came to know one another. Yeah. And I think I've always been, you know, like the kind of person that anything, any means that I can do to let women to know how amazing they are and that they've got this, they just don't know they've got this and to do their life their way. I, I'm i just honored to be able to do that in whatever form that, that and is. And that's so exciting. And to hear you talk about you always didn't feel that internal wealth about yourself. All of us has that one experience that shapes us into who we are. Did you have that one moment or or that one experience that you'd like to share? Well, I think I think my one moment came in the midst of real dysfunction and chaos when I realized that my life is to do on my terms. It's not up to anybody else to say who I can be, what I can do or what I can have. That's my job. But I guess up until that point, and I was I was 40 at the time, wow. I didn't believe that. I didn't even know that. I guess I'd spent my whole life just fitting in and doing things that other people said, you know, this was a good thing to do. I think I had lots of self-worth issues and on the outside looked really confident, looked like a really confident woman. But that wasn't my story internally at all. And so when this happened, it was almost like I made the decision and thought, wow, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave this marriage that I'd been in for 22 years and I'm going to find my way on my terms. Wow. You know, so many women and men, you know, the Beautiful Butterfly Project is, you know, is devoted to inspiration and um, transformation for all. But when we really think about women, we do spend a lot of time in relationships where we don't know our identity. We don't know who we are. And we get involved in those relationships because even from the beginning, we don't know what we want. We often take the shape and the personality and the boundaries within that relationship of the other person as our own. And so when you're working and you're in the um, coaching of individuals, what is one thing that you share with them that you feel that represents your calling the most and that has really, really shaped you as a coach? I think one of the things, one of the biggest things is 
to not let anybody else define you, but to also not be defined by where you are currently. Because I think there's times in everyone's life, in everybody's life, when things don't work out as you want them to work out. And you can look around and you could mark yourself on where you currently are. And I've learned that that's not the case. That's not the case at all. Our lives are precious. They're a gift. And we should embrace the present because really that's all we have. When I left this relationship, I didn't know who I was and I didn't know what I wanted. And I spent an awful long time mulling over the past. And all the past does, if that's what we do with it, is it just regurgitates all the old feelings and emotions Mm -hmm. and it just keeps them in our presence. And you cannot create a new beginning from old questions. You have to think differently. You have to be in a different space. And I think one of the things that I help my clients to see is that you are a powerful creator and you can create the life you desire. But first you have to know what that life looks like. And you have to go by what you want not by what you've been told by anybody else you can have. You have to really think, what is it I want? And then you have to look at, am I the person that could have that? Because our self-image is has a huge part to play in this. I mean, the person that I was all them years ago, nearly 20 years ago now, is not the person I am today. And the life I have today, I couldn't have had back then because I had all these belief systems that were keeping me stuck, that were keeping me feeling small and insignificant. I really questioned myself. And I think, you know, when I first started this journey, I thought I was alone. I thought that nobody else, nobody else thinks like this. But you'd be so surprised. So many women have the same bugbears. They think the same way. They let the same insignificant things get in their way. They let other people define them. They let the world tell them how they're supposed to be. But that's your Mm. job. That's only your job. Nobody else gets to do that. You know, you said something so powerful in your statement. You said that you cannot create a new life with old questions. And those old questions often come from a belief system about what we believe about ourselves, which is created from the environment in which we live or environment from which we grew up from. And we take that into our current and into our um, future. So how do you talk to your clients? And uh, when you coaching them, how do you try to get them to think differently about that? Well, I think the first thing is so many people have said to me, it's just the way I am. And they're right on one sense because, yeah, you know, if you look in the mirror, this is who you are. But actually, is this who you are? Because you haven't examined what you truly believe. I believed all the things my family believed. If I'd have said to any of my family, this is where I want to go, they'd have said, no, it's not possible. And I had that mindset for so long until I started to really release them belief systems that you were talking about that actually keep you hostage. They hold you hostage. They're not the truth. They're lies. You can create belief systems that actually 
nurture you, support you and help you to heal. And that's what I help my clients to see. And they're always so amazed when they start to make little adjustments and all of a sudden life that they thought would never change looks oh so different. And they're absolutely amazed. And these aren't huge changes. This is just changing how you view things because our perceptive is huge. It's like how we see our world. And if you keep reaffirming, this is how I see my world, then that's what you're going to keep bringing in. You have to stop and go, okay, that's what I can see, but is that what I want? Mm. And if that's not what I want, then how do I do it different? And once you ask the question, the answer will appear. Wow. You know, I am loving this so, so much because, you know, I examined the very thing about myself because you had it exactly right. How when we want to do something, we run it by the people who are closest to us, which is our family. And if our family tells us that we can't do it, then we don't do it. We don't do it. And that stops our growth. That works on our mindset to where we have this limiting belief that we can't do anything. And so that's what's so powerful about what you do in your coaching. And with that, we all have a affirmation. We all have a mantra. We all have a, you know, a confidence statement or a quote that we relate to, something that we tell ourselves each and every day. What is yours? Before I get to my quote, can I just get back to what you've oh, just absolutely. said? Because one of the things that I know for sure is the dreams that you have are not your mum's dreams or your dad's dreams or your wife's or your partner's or your husband's or your children. So if you ask them, what do you think? They're going to say it's not a goer because it's not been put in their heart. Mm. It's been put in your heart for a particular reason. And if you can desire it, you can have it. I love that. If you can think it in your head, you can hold it in your hand. So I learned the hard way, really, not to ask people because they're coming sometimes. And I say this with the deepest respect for everybody, really. They're coming from it with all good intentions to look after you, to protect you. They do not have your desire. So they cannot answer the question for you. Only you know that. And the best bit is you have all the answers inside you. You just aren't used to asking yourself them questions. We get so used to looking externally from ourselves and looking at the world to provide us with the answers. But you know it all. My mantra is be bold, be authentic, be you. Because it took me nearly 60 years to be able to say, I'm me. I'm proud of me. Mm. Oh, gosh, there was so much in that. I love it when you said, especially when you talked about, you know, the perception of how we view ourselves. And a lot of times, if we can't see something right in front of us, then we don't go after it. If we don't physically see a way on how to go after something, then we let it stop us. And I love what you said, that if we can think it, then we can do it. If we could, you know, hold it, then there's nothing that we can't have. 
And it does take us a while to really figure that out. And you said that you had your moment when you were 40, this cathartic moment that the relationship that you were in, it wasn't working. You know, what you have been told by, you know, the dysfunctional, you know, upbringing that you have, it wasn't working for you. And that takes courage to break out of that mindset, whether it's a physical boundary or whether it's a boundary that's within your mindset. How do your clients respond to that coaching concept from you when you talk about breaking those mental and physical boundaries? I think one of the things that I hear many times is that it's not possible. And I think there's lots of times when you know life isn't working how you want to work, but you just don't know how to do it different Mm. because you've been doing it for so long this way. And I think sometimes, you know, we peck around the edges, like we change house, change job, change our hairstyle, change what we wear. And we think that them changes are going to make a difference. But our external world is created from our internal world. So how we see ourselves, how we see this world, what beliefs we hold, what values we hold, who we think we are, what we think we can have or be, what we think we can do. You know, they're all the things that help you to create an identity that helps you to create the life that actually you just want to wake up to every morning. And not many women have that, I don't think. I mean, so many times as part of the internal wealth that I speak about and I help women to find is happiness. And I'm always amazed at how when I say, you know, when was the last time you were really happy? Well, I think it was, you know, holidays last year. And I, I've i got so used to being happy. Mm. But I was never, you know, it wasn't like that once in my life. But I'm, you know, like 99% of the time, I have really happy days. I have a really happy life. And when I talk to women and I say, you know, like, are you happy? In fact, I had, I had one client ring, she texted me one morning and she said, I was lying in bed. And I got this really strange feeling. Mm. And I was like, okay. And she said, and then I realized, oh my God, I feel happy. Wow. Wow. And you would think happiness was just a normal thing, wouldn't you? You think it it wouldn't be this big thing, but so many women are unhappy with their lives, but do not think about it. And they've been like that for so long. They don't even know they're not happy. Mm. They don't know that happiness is your birthright. Wow. Joy is your birthright. You know, having the best life that you can imagine where life just keeps getting better and better and better. That's your birthright. Oh, that's so good. We're so steeped. It's like people just keep piling things on you and we allow them to. Oh, yeah, there isn't there isn't enough weight on my shoulders. Let's let's give me a bit more. And we just take it and we take it and we take it. And all the time we kid ourselves into telling ourselves life's working for us. But actually, there's moments when we know it's not working how we want it to be. We know we're not with the right person. We know we're not in the right job. We know we really want to break free 
and do something amazing with our life. But we're so constrained by all of these things, all of these belief systems that are choking us. And if I could tell women to do anything, it's just stop, take a breath. Who are you? And if you're not who you want to be, find somebody that can help you to do that. And there was a moment I know in my life where I was just operating just automatically, robotically. I got this on my list. I got this on my list. I got this on my list. I have two kids. I have a husband. And then I was the last person. I was on the back burner. You know, I wasn't healthy in my body and in my mind, but I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know who to go to. And I felt constrained by these belief systems that weren't my own necessarily, because I sort of had an idea of who I was, but I felt stifled that I really couldn't show others around me who she really was because of these belief systems. In your opinion, Adele, where do these belief systems come from? Where do they come from? I think the thing is we adopt them from when we're really small because, you know, before we're seven, we don't have a conscious mind. It's all subconscious. And so that's where the programs are built up to create your life. That's why we have so many belief systems that are not even our beliefs. Mm -hmm. They're just how we do life, but they belong to our mums or our dads or our grandparents or, you know, like when we were younger. And One of the things that I think I learned in my journey that's really powerful is anything your conscious mind does not reject, your subconscious mind accepts. And it's in your subconscious mind where all the programs are. And it's a bit like a computer system, your your subconscious mind. And so it doesn't change anything. It doesn't go, oh, well, this is really not well. This is not going to work well for Adele. I'll change it round. It just accepts everything. And if we've adopted unhealthy belief systems many years ago, because just think about it, there's lots of things that we do that are very like our parents. And I bet you, if you go back, there's lots of things. I was fortunate when I was growing up to live not just with my mum and dad, but to also live with my grandma. And there's so many things that my grandma did that my mum did that I did, that my children ended Mm -hmm. up doing. And that's four generations. Wow, yeah. Four generations of the same belief system. And it wasn't until I really started on this journey and I was, you know, had the conversation with my children. was like, hang on a minute, let's unpack some of this. Mm. Because I apologize, the stuff I fed you, I thought I was doing you a favor, but actually... You need to learn the truth and you need to learn it your way. Oh my gosh. You need to do life your way. It's not my way, it's your way. You need to figure out if some of these beliefs that I fed you, thinking I was being the sweetest mum I could be, the most loving mum I could be, are actually serving you. And if they're not, dump them. Please dump them. Oh my gosh, you said four generations. And if you really think about that, it's so true. Because we do what our parents did, especially girls. We do what our moms did. We did what our grandmothers did. And we take all this stuff. And even when you get married, you know, you take on the belief systems that your mother-in-law may have and you don't want to disappoint. So what do we do? We fall in line. We do what they did. Yeah, but the only person you're disappointing is you. 
But somehow we're so used to doing it that we would rather be sad ourselves than upset another person. And that is not the right way. And I just had a cathartic moment when you said that the only person that I was disappointing was myself. That was like cathartic for me just then. And that's something that I'm going to have to unpack later. That's something I'm going to have to journal on and I'm going to have to write down because there have been so many moments where I felt that if I didn't do this or if I did do this, I would please someone or I would disappoint them. But in turn, I was disappointing myself. I think it takes a lot as a woman to get to the point where you're so confident in who you are. You know, like what other people think of you really isn't your business. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just getting to that point at almost 49 years old. I'm just getting to that point. I spent my 20s and my 30s and I had a cathartic moment around the same time that you did around 38 that I'm not happy and I got to do something different, but I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to go. And so Adele, what I want to ask you is that when you made your shift in your life, did you have an influence to guide you to help or did it completely come from within? I think I didn't have an external influencer. I've always been spiritual. Mm -hmm. I've always connected to God or the universe or source, however you want to, whatever works for you. And I've learned over the years that that's the only view that's actually untainted and gives me clarity and it gives me direction when I really connect and think what really is right for me. And I ask good questions. I've learned to ask really good questions because it's a bit like when you put anything in the Google search box. If you put a really ambiguous question in, you're going to get a really ambiguous answer. But if you're really specific and clear, then the answer comes back and bing, you know where you're going. And I guess that's one of the things I've learned to do is to be really specific mm. and and wait for the answer because I always know the answer will come. Because that's the way how we need to navigate life. We just don't need to go in a general direction. We need to go in a very specific direction. And that takes asking a very specific question. Yeah. Just think about it. If I was giving you directions to somewhere and I said to you, I think you turn left at the next light. Oh, but it could be right. And no, no. Hang on a minute. I think it's the third exit off that roundabout. Well, it could be the second. You're going to never get to where I want you to Mm -hmm, go. mm -hmm. You're going to be driving around all over. Mm. But if I give you really specific, take the first right, second left, third off the roundabout, you know exactly where you're going. It's the white car on the left. There is no ambiguity there. And I think sometimes when we're doing life, we give out mixed energy because our conscious mind goes, I want this. But we've got all of them belief systems that are whirling around, all that programming inside us. And so our conscious mind thinks, yeah, I want this. But the subconscious mind, which is really the thing that's in charge, says, no, we don't. Because if we do that, it's not safe. You know, people could call you names. You could be criticized. 
And before long, we end up doubting ourselves, which shuts everything down, and we don't move forward. We talk ourselves out of it before we've even given the universe a chance to answer the question. I know this well, because this was my part of my story. I would ask for something, and before I'd even let that <laughs> that thought go into the ether, I'd backed up so mm. far, I couldn't even recognize the question anymore. Mm-mm. And I did that in my business for so long. You know, I wanted this, I wanted that. I wanted the clients, but what if, what if they don't come? And what if, you know, there's so many ways we self-sabotage ourselves and and we self-abandon. And lots of women have been abandoned anyway by lots of different people. And we we don't want to do that to Mm -hmm. ourselves. We're too awesome for that. We certainly are. And... Something you said a while ago about anything your conscious mind doesn't reject, your unconscious accepts. And that's certainly true when it comes to the fear of um, being rejected. And that's how we don't go after what we want or pursue our dreams. And a lot of times when we have all this passion in life and the things that we want to do, the things that we want to accomplish, Adele, you have this coaching business and your coaching program titled Get Your Mojo Back. Is that your passion, helping women do that? Yeah, I guess it is because the minute I realized that I was the co-creator of my life, that I get to live my life on my terms and that we all have the ability to do that, I want to help as many women globally as I can to realize um, that they can do their life on their terms not on anybody else's. I think so often in life, we don't take responsibility for what's happening in our life. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I think I had to do on this journey of mine, and that I help my clients to do, is to actually take responsibility. Because the minute you take responsibility, you take your power Mm -hmm. back as a woman. Yeah, yeah. And I think my power was everywhere. It was absolutely everywhere. And so I can clearly see now why I was getting the results I was getting. And the minute I took that back in and went, "Uh uh-uh, this belongs to me and I'm going to create the life I desire. And if you don't like it, it's okay because you don't get to live. I I love that. (laughs) If you don't like it, that's okay because you're not creating this life. And I love what you said, yeah, about being the co-creator of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes we don't do that because you could say it and your children could say, well, hang on a minute. Or your partner could say, and actually, you need to be really fierce here Mm. and unapologetic about who you are. Because at the end of the day, this is your life. And you only get one. And you never came. Nobody, nobody came here to live it for somebody Mm. else. Not you, not me, not nobody. We came here to live our life, to dive into that passion that we have inside of us. We have a light, but we don't fan the light. We don't let it grow. Mm, We hide our light. Oh, we surely do. We hide it. Mm. Oh, Adele, this is so good. Including from ourselves. (laughs) Including from ourselves. I was just about to ask you. (laughs) Oh, yes. That was the big one for me that I didn't actually see the power that I had within. Why do we dim our light? 
because we're scared of rejection. Okay, yeah. Because we've got all of them belief systems, because we're so almost trained mm. into looking after everybody else instead of looking after ourselves. We don't love ourselves. We don't have healthy boundaries in our lives. We say yes to everything instead of actually, do I want to do mm-hmm. that? We come from so many you know, different spaces. We don't feel safe. We need to really do the inside work to create the life that we desire. I know it took me a long time to say that doesn't work for me. It took me a long time to well, say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it would be because look at look, you know, like the things you do, you you're doing for thirty or forty or fifty years, you're doing the same thing, and it's a bit like an elastic band. And if you pull an elastic band and then you let go, it springs right back into the shape it was. You have to hold it for a really long time for it to lose that elasticity and actually stay bigger, Mm. if you know what I mean. And life is like that. You know, these are habitual patterns of thinking and actions and doing. And so you really have to be conscious of how you're feeling. And am I okay with this? And if I'm not okay, and I feel a bit ucky inside, what's that telling me? Mm. You know, like everything that happens, happens for you, not to you. So it happens for your growth. Because you have to grow to be the next best version of yourself. You can't stay where you are and have everything you desire. The internal has to shift. You have to shift. That is so powerful. And when you talk about that, you know, the Beautiful Butterfly Project is all about passion. It's all about pursuit. And it's all about purpose. What drives you, Adele? What is your passion? And how do you pursue it? Well, I guess. In many different ways, but it's just to make a difference. It's so that I sat for so long not knowing this. I sat for so long thinking this is how life has to be. I didn't have the life I have today. And I want every woman to do their life on their terms. And if they get this stuff and then they go, well, actually, no, I don't I don't want to change anything. At least they've had that choice. Mm-hmm. But so many women don't know this stuff. They don't know the power that lies within them. And so I just want to get this out as much as I can. So I speak globally. I am an author. I do podcasts like this. I coach. I write programs. You know, I'm always thinking of how can a woman hear this? Because we all hear things in different ways. I do meditations, guided meditations so that you can really connect and heal. And so I'm just really here passionately about you just being happy with your life. And you do so much. Yes. You know, like all the money that you want or the new job or whatever it is you want, you have to be happy with you first, because if you're not at some point, you'll replay Mm. all that unhappiness again. Things will keep coming back to you until you get it, till you get the message. Yes. And I often say life keeps giving us the lessons that we refuse to learn and they will come back to you unless you change those limiting belief systems. You just got to change the channel. And you do so much, Adele. And I was reading and on researching prior to our time together. And I came across that you have a podcast. No. 
wow, well, could you talk to us about creating your best life? Or did you appear on a podcast called Creating Your Best Life? Or um, something yeah, to that effect. Yeah. That's what it was. Yes. So I'm mistaken. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. I appear on lots, but it's all around creating internal wealth, your best life. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And you said that you speak globally. Could you tell the Beautiful Butterfly Project, how do you speak globally? So I speak at conferences worldwide, predominantly for women, because it's predominantly women that I work with, although I do work with some men, but it's predominantly, it's predominantly women. Okay. And in you speaking globally, do you find that there are any differences in how you're received in different parts of the world versus here in the States, if you're doing a stateside podcast, how is your message being received? Well, I think the message that I tell is the same message that's in the UK and it's in Dubai and it's in Australia and it's in New Zealand and it's in the US because I talk to women and I think the issues that women have is global mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's the same. Yeah, It's the same. It's like all of that self-chatter that we have, you know, them belief systems that we hold on to, the things that we, we don't value ourselves or know we're worthy, good enough. You know, I think that's global, no matter what language you speak. We all have that in common as women. Oh, we do. Yeah, we do. And in you working with women around the world, what are your tips or advice that you may give them to start living a triumphant life? Well, what I say is that you should let go of any limiting self-talk that you hear. You know, that little nattering voice that tells you what you can and can't do. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to let that go because that's not the truth. Don't self-abandon or self-sabotage yourself. Mm -hmm. Learn to forgive yourself and others. Absolutely. When you do it, it's a gift of healing to yourself. Learn to appreciate all that you have that's around you and the things you desire because you have to appreciate. You say, When you put stuff out there and you want stuff to, like you want a new home or you want a new car or you want a new job and you're thinking about it, you need to think about it as if you've already achieved it. And that's the way that it will be drawn to you. And so you need to learn the art of loving yourself, which is a huge, it's the foundation that you can build everything else on. Don't let fear, doubt ever get in your way. It's lies. It's lies. Fear kept me stuck for 22 years and it doesn't exist unless you tell yourself it does. Take responsibility for your life. All the things I've kind of touched on Mm -hmm. here, your actions and all you create. So if you have a really khaki day, it's not gone how you've planned. You know, like don't go, oh, that was a horrible day. Go, okay, what did that day teach me? What can I learn from that day? How could I have dealt with that day different? Everything, remember, everything happens for you, not to you. It's all for your growth. Know that you are so much more than you think you are. I think that's the biggest. I love what you said about loving yourself is an art form because I have found that to be true. And it's a daily practice. 
It's not the same as self-care. <laughs> self-care is part of loving yourself. Thank you so much for saying that. But it's not loving yourself. Loving yourself is having a no button as well as a yes mm-hmm. button. Loving yourself is having healthy boundaries. Loving yourself is knowing who you are internally, how your body works, what works right for you. There's so much that goes into loving yourself. And I think sometimes women think that it's about self-care and that's part of it, but that's not the main part of it. That's a section of it. That's something that's part of it, but it's not the main thing. If you, if you look after yourself, so you always have nice hair and nice nails and great skin Mm -hmm. and nice clothes, but you're letting people walk all over you. You're not loving yourself. Wow. If you're always saying yes to people when deep down inside you think, I really don't want to do that, you're not loving yourself. If you let somebody else tell you what you can be, do or have, you're not loving yourself. So you've got the self-care down, but you're not loving yourself. Don't ever kid yourself that because you do the hair, the makeup, the nails, the clothes, the shoes, the handbags, whatever, that that's loving yourself. You have to have all the other stuff to really love yourself. You have to value yourself. Imagine you've got a really great friend that you love so much and you would do anything for, anything for. You would move mountains to help them. You have to love yourself more than you would love that friend. That's self-love. And that bit right there, you just freed one person. That bit about self-care and loving yourself are not the same. That was amazing. No, no, no. That was amazing. Now, here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project, we always conclude each interview with just some random questions, usually three, and I usually kind of vary these up. The first question is, what is your favorite color? And tell us why. My favorite color is white. Okay. It was black for most of my life. And it was black so I could stay hidden. Mm-hmm. And it turned to white because it has a pureness about it. And I'm not saying I'm pure. It just has a clean cleanness about yeah. it. It's almost like it's a landscape that you can build anything on. Mm. Like imagine if you have like white trousers, white top, you can put colors with it. You can mix it up. You can match it up. You know, like, and I just think it's a really clean Color. It's like a blank canvas. And I, I love it. Oh, yeah. And you can put anything else. And I didn't like it because I didn't want to express who I was for so many years. And so I hid under this black whatever. Mm. And now I don't want to hide anymore. I don't want to hide. I love me. And so I'm proud of who I am. I, I want to be there. I want to be in the world saying, hey, this is great. This is a beautiful life. Are you experiencing it as you should? I love it. I absolutely love it. And what is your favorite word? My favorite word is faith. Yes. Because when I first started this journey many years ago, I didn't kind of get faith because I thought it was all connected with religion. But actually, everything in this world, whether you believe this, what I'm talking about or not, requires faith. You plant a seed in the ground and you want it to grow a plant. Faith is required. Yes, it is. Faith is required for everything in life. And 
we're so used to having faith in so many things that we don't actually think about it. But actually, faith is a really powerful word, I think, Mm. because what faith gives me is freedom. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) It gives me the freedom to know that even if I can't see it, it's happening. Mm. I absolutely love it. And Adele, if you had one day left here on this earth, what would you spend it doing? I would spend it walking in a forest, looking at the trees, surrounded by nature. And then I think I'd have the biggest meal and I would invite absolutely everybody in my life that I truly adore so that they know I adore them. That's amazing. That is so amazing. Adele Rimage, it has been a pleasure having you here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project. I'm so glad that we finally got to do this. And in the words of Miss Adele, you need to be bold, be authentic, and be you. I'd love to have you back on again. Yeah, with my pleasure, because, you know, like I can talk about this stuff forever because I live it every day in my life. And that's the most important part. And that's what our audience loves to hear is that we live it each and every day. The Beautiful Butterfly Project thanks you. If you are interested in being a guest or learning more, please visit our Facebook page at the Beautiful Butterfly Project Podcast or email the Beautiful Butterfly Project at InnovativeButterfly.com. See you again soon as we take this amazing journey together on the Beautiful Butterfly Project.